Waldo again. Welcome to another episode of Modern Mayhem. The responses for the first three episodes have been awesome. I am really appreciative of the feedback and all the support I've been getting. iTunes rate, review, and then spread the good word, spread the message, tell people about this podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, people. Let's get on to the show. Ted Bundy's defense. Can you hear that? Like this room, I just said that the Hawkins girl's head was severed and taken up the road about 25 to 50 yards and buried in a location about 10 yards west of the road on a rocky hillside. That was audio taken from a documentary on Ted Bundy's tapes from jail, recorded by Bob Keppel and Stephen McLeod. The documentary aired on MSNBC November 25, 2012. Ted Bundy was one of America's most notorious serial killers, confessing to killing and raping more than 30 women during the mid to late 70s. Though he was a college-educated person, some call him a monster. This podcast will look into a taped conversation that Ted Bundy had with one of his victims. Now, after listening to this taped conversation between Ted Bundy and his victim, I want you guys to take a a minute to look at the reasoning, to look at the logic behind his points, behind his justification as to why he committed these murders. Now, it's easy to sit there, listen and say, hey, yeah, I don't agree with anything a murderer has to say. But do you? That's going to be the point, the question here in this podcast, whether or not he makes sense as to why he committed the murders. Now, I know what you're thinking. This guy raped, murdered. I mean, he decapitated like 12 to 13 of his victims. I mean, this guy was horrible. How could anyone agree with what he has to say? This conversation is really looking to what we consider to be right and what we consider to be wrong. It is a conversation about how we authorize our morality. What is the authority? What allows us to know the difference between right and wrong? To be specific, at the core of this conversation is really the difference between morality as a subjective endeavor, meaning morality as a personal opinion-based kind of view, or rather it be an objective or universal appeal. Whether or not morality is based on the individual, based on personal views, or whether morality has a more universal application to it, whether or not it's not up to the individual to determine what is right and wrong. There's this objective morality out there. All right, so before we get into the conversation between Ted Bundy and his victim, I want to get a little bit into the background of the theories that we're going to be discussing here. First off, we have ethical relativism, where morality is relative either to the person or to the culture or to the area of the world where you're at, right? Subjectivism falls into that part. Relativism means morality relative to, say, how you were brought up, right, to your culture. It might be moral to do certain things here, but it might not be moral to do certain things, say, on the other side of the world. I can give you guys an example. In some parts of the world, deformity might seem like a holy happening, right? Something that has divine attribute to it. Whereas over here, we kind of see it more as perhaps a medical, uh, not necessarily a mistake, but an alteration, a mutation, say, in the biological sense. So depending on how we look at the world, depending on how we look at morality, that is what will determine our authority behind it. What is right and wrong will depend on the society or how you grew up, right? Further down into that, to be specific as to what type of relativism we have, we can get into this idea of, of subjectivism, meaning morality is based on the 
individual person, right? Moral principles are justified by virtue of their acceptance by the individual agent, meaning each person has the authority of what is right and wrong in their own lives, right? Morality is in the eye of the beholder. You get to determine what is right. I get to determine what is right on in my own life. Everyone has their own life to live. Therefore, you can determine what is right and wrong in your own life. Right? You don't need anybody else to tell you what is right and wrong. You can figure it out for yourself. But is that the right way to do things? Now, think about it. If everybody is their own authority in their lives, as far as morality is concerned, then you cannot condemn that person for their actions. If they think it's okay to do something, then it's okay for them to do something, right? What is right and wrong for that person depends on the authority, which is themselves. So subjectivism can can have some issues there too. If everybody is their own moral authority, can we condemn them for having different viewpoints than ours. An alternative to that could be this idea of moral objectivism, which is the view that there are universal and objective moral principles valid for all people in social environments, meaning that there is a morality that is available to everybody. Right and wrong is not based on individual opinion, that it applies to everybody, right? A good example would be this idea of rape, which we will get into in a little bit with Ted Bundy's message. Rape should be a universal evil, Right? It's a universal sin. It's a universal bad act. Rape will always be considered bad. That means it has a universal acceptance of its badness. Therefore, the principle that states no one should rape a morally objective principle applied to everyone in all places. So that is really the question here, whether morality should be subjective or objective relative to each person or whether there is a universal authority here, whether it's applicable to everybody, no matter what part of the world you live in. So that is kind of the basis of the conversation. And I want you guys to understand those two ideas before we get into the conversation with Ted Bundy, because he, he will address the technicality of these belief systems when it comes to morality. Now, a little background on the source of this material. It, it is a taped conversation between Ted Bundy and one of his victims. I found this paraphrased text in a textbook that I use in my ethics courses called Ethics Discovering Right and Wrong by Louis P. Parchman and James Pfizer. All right, a great book, a great intro into ethics and whatnot. I found this paraphrase in the ethical relativism section of the book, right, which again goes into this idea of whether or not morality is based or should be based on the individual's viewpoints or whether or not there's a, a, a bigger authority, a higher authority here. All right, so what I want to do next is actually read the message from Ted Bundy to one of his victims. Here it goes. Then I learned that all moral judgments are value judgments, that all value judgments are subjective and that none could be proved to be either right or wrong. I even read somewhere that the Chief Justice of the United States had written that the American Constitution expressed nothing more than collective value judgments. Believe it or not, I figured out for myself what apparently the Chief Justice can figure out for himself, that if the rationality of one value judgment was zero, multiplying it by millions would not make it one whit more rational. Nor is there any reason to obey the law for anyone like myself who has the boldness and daring, the strength of character to throw off its shackles. I discovered that to become truly free, truly unfettered, I had to become truly uninhibited. And I quickly discovered that the greatest obstacle to my freedom, the greatest block and limitation to it, consists in the insupportable value judgment that I was bound to respect the rights of others. I asked myself, who were these others? Other human beings with human rights? Why is it more wrong to kill a human animal than any other animal? A pig, a sheep, or a steer? Is your life more to you than a hog's life to a hog? Why should I be willing to sacrifice my pleasure more for the one than for the other? Surely you would not, in this age of scientific enlightenment, declare that God or nature has marked some pleasures as moral or good and others as immoral or bad. In any case, 
Let me assure you, my dear young lady, that there is absolutely no comparison between the pleasure I might take in eating ham and the pleasure I anticipate in raping and murdering you. Wow. Crazy stuff. All right, so let's look at some of the points of this conversation that Ted Bundy had with one of his victims. All right, so there's different viewpoints here. He talks about subjectivism itself, right? He talks about the rights of a human animal as opposed to the rights of an, of an animal as opposed to, say, a human, right? And then he also talks about pain and pleasure, right? How do you, me first off, how do you measure each? And then secondly, which has more of a priority for us, right? So let's look at this first idea he talks about. He says that all moral judgments are value judgments, meaning they are subjective, meaning that they are based on opinion and you can't really prove either to be right or wrong, right? If I feel like something is right or wrong, how do you prove that, right? Say someone steals bread to feed their hungry family, right? The cliched example here. If you feel that it is wrong to steal no matter what, how do you prove that? And if you feel like it's okay to steal if you really need it, then how do you justify it? How do you prove it? Like, how do we really figure out the proof behind that? And that is what he's trying to say, that anything that you could consider to be subjective, meaning the authority, again, is based on each individual, how would you prove right and wrong? You can't. It's all based on opinion. So the question is, whose opinion is right? And that's a silly question, right? It's an opinion. No one is right or everybody's right. So if he says it's okay to kill and you say it's not okay to kill, who is right and who is wrong? Everything you say to justify your position thereafter is going to be based on opinion. But it's a fact that people don't like pain. And yeah, it might be, unless you find that one person that does. Right? He goes on to say that the American Constitution expressed nothing more than a collective of value judgments, meaning that the laws that we obey, the viewpoints that we all have here in the United States, are just a collective of opinions. Right? If an opinion has neutral kind of authority... It's zero, right? It's not plus one or not minus one. Right? It's neutral, it's zero. Multiplying by millions would not make it one whit more rational, meaning just because a million people agree with your opinion does not make the opinion more right, right? I mean, that's, that's what it is. If, say, I have an opinion that the Dallas Cowboys are the best team, and then there's another person that has an opinion that the 49ers are the best team, are we going to go based on who has more fans? Or should we go, I don't know, based on something more objective, like, say, facts, figures, statistics, championships, whatnot? So it's not just based on opinion multiplied by millions of, of fans and, and people that agree with your view. There has to be more to it than that. But morality, I mean, how, what would you mean more to it than that when it comes to morality? How would you measure that? It's damn near impossible. It's all based on opinion. And that's the problem with subjectivism, that morality is based on the authority of each person, period. I mean, that's it. That is the problem. You get to determine what is right and wrong. I do. The crazy person down the street does. Ted Bundy gets to determine that. Hitler, all these other people get to, get to determine what morality is. So the issue is perhaps morality should not be based on the individual opinions of, of people. Another point he makes here is the question between human rights and animal rights. Right? Why is it more wrong to kill a human animal than any other animal, a pig or sheep or a steer? Is your life more to you than a hog's life to a hog? I mean, that's a pretty good point. Why is it okay to kill an animal? For food, which ultimately nowadays is really for pleasure and not a, say, an, a human. Human beings could survive without McDonald's hamburgers, without any type of hamburger, right? I mean, we, we could survive on vegetables alone, right? Some say, well, but we need the meat for our iron and you know whatnot. You could survive as a vegan, but we choose to eat meat because it tastes good. It's good for us. It, you know, we have a whole industry behind it and it just tastes really good. God, right? A nice big fat cheeseburger. You know, who's not going to like that? But does that mean that the cow is okay with our love for its meat? No. Animals do not want to die just like humans do not want to die, but it's justified us killing those animals for food. But if that's the case, then why can't we eat human beings? I mean, could that be a good enough justification? It's like, yeah, I killed this guy, 
but it's okay because I'm going to eat them. I'm not hunting for sport. I'm hunting for food, right? Which is the justification we use when we, you know, kill sheep and steer and deer and pigs and all that. As long as you eat it, it's cool, right? You're not being cruel. You know, you're not wasting the meat there. Could that be applied to a human being? Why not? One other point would be, well, it's because, you know, we're smarter, we have a soul, we have a conscious, and animals don't. They're dumb. They're dumb species, right? They're they're, they're not very conscious. They, they don't think as well as we do. Well, if that's the case, could we sacrifice, could we eat, say, humans that have the brain power or thinking ability that is likened to, say, an animal? Someone that perhaps is mentally, perhaps someone that is mentally challenged, does that mean that we take away their rights? No, of course not, right? So how is it more wrong to kill a human animal than a regular animal? Some would say, no, it doesn't matter. But yet we do it anyway because of the pleasure we get from the meat, right? So we come, we, you know, so now we get into the next point he makes, pain versus pleasure, right? One of the things he states um, there at the end, he states that there is no comparison between the pleasure I might take in eating ham and the pleasure I anticipate in raping and murdering you, right? Meaning that he gets pleasure out of rape and murder, just like he might get pleasure in, say, eating ham. Now, I really like bacon. I like meat. I like ham. I like all those things. I go to, you know, Worst Fest here in New Braunfels, get all the bratwurst, all, you know, all types of meat. Yeah, awesome, great, juicy. The question is, is the pleasure I take in the event of me eating that assorted meat, is the pleasure that I get when I take a bite into that bacon, is that pleasure different from, say, the pleasure that he gets, that Ted Bunny gets when he's murdering someone? Are there different types of pleasure? Are pleasures better than the other? I mean, because when you talk about better pleasures or moral pleasures, again, you're going by opinions. A vegan might say, hey, you biting into that burger is immoral. That pleasure you get is bad. But me eating my corn over here, good. Right? Again, that's your opinion. Fine. The thing is that we can't really make a difference between, we can't really differentiate between pleasures. In fact, when we try to compare it to pain, which is kind of the, the rebuttal here, is that it matters not what type of pleasure he gets. The girl on the other end, on the receiving end, is getting pain. Right? That's, you know, you wouldn't want pain. No one wants pain. So therefore, you know, raping and murder is bad. Right? But it does beg the question. If he gets pleasure out of it and she gets pain out of the situation, what gives her pain more priority over his pleasure? Meaning, how is pain more of a priority than pleasure? I mean, aren't they just chemical kind of induced messages from the brain from to the body? I mean, how is one better or more of a priority than, say, the other? Again, I'm not agreeing with Ted Bundy. I'm just really asking what he's asking there, too. How would you figure that? Well, a lot of people don't like pain. Okay, some people might. Again, the question is whether or not we should look at morality as a subjective endeavor, whether it should be based on opinion. Because if it is, then you can't tell Ted Bundy that raping and murdering is wrong because he feels it's right. So perhaps we need something more strong than just opinion-based morality. Perhaps we need a universal and objective rule that states this is wrong for everybody. Right? Therefore, rape and murder of innocent people is wrong across the world. It should be wrong. It, it you shouldn't rape anywhere in this world. But again, how would we prove that right? That is that is a difficulty. All we can say is, well, a million of us agree. You know, the only real way to combat this subjectivist claim that morality is up to each person, morality is in the eye of the beholder, the only way to kind of combat that is say, look, within these boundaries, within this country, there are a set of rules and regulations that we all abide by, which is the law. We can claim collectively, unanimously, that the acts performed by Ted Bundy are illegal. And that's how he went to jail. And that's how we justified his execution. But again, just because something is illegal, does it make it immoral? And that's really the question we're trying to investigate here. Are his acts immoral? Right. So what's the difference between illegal and immoral? Well, illegal just means you're going against a rule of law that we have made as a consensus. For example, jaywalking. Jaywalking 
means, you know, crossing the street where you shouldn't have, right? There's a designated crossing area. If you don't cross the street at that specific point where the law states that it's okay to do so, then you're considered breaking a law. So you get a ticket for it. Now, again, just because you cross the street on a non-designated area, does that make you a bad person? Does that make you immoral? And the answer, probably no, right? So again, there's a difference between illegality and immorality. So we can prove very easily when an act is illegal, right? Here's a rule. Does it break that rule? Boom, illegal. But yet we don't have a set of rules for morality that can be considered a consensus. It could be considered unanimous, right? One can say, well, the Ten Commandments is this, right? No one, you know, not everyone is a Christian. You know, some people say, well, in my religion, these are the moral rules. Again, subjectivism up to each quote unquote religion up to each person. So would a unified religion be a solution to this? Not necessarily. Because again, you, you still fight opinion on what is moral or not. What Ted Bundy really proved was that morality not only is it difficult to kind of set as a standard, but morality may not even exist. If there's no agreement, if it's all subjective, then is there really a moral, then is there really a morality that really exists? And if so, how do we verify it? Can we come up with a consensus? Should we vote for an objective set of moral rules alongside, say, the rules of law as well? But again, that would still be based on a consensus. That would still be based on an opinion, which is what, again, Ted Bundy's trying to say, just because it's agreed upon by millions of people does not make it one whit more rational. So again, it seems like we've hit a, a wall here with morality. How do you verify something is truly good? And it seems like without a consensus, it's difficult or at least up to everyone's opinion. And therefore you have these subjective justifications run rampant and you have people like Ted Bundy justifying themselves. I mean, think about it. You listening to this uh, podcast, hopefully, right? You are not uh, a murderer. You are not, uh, hopefully you're not, you are not uh, an evil person. But would you murder given the certain circumstances available to your justification? Would you murder under a certain set of circumstances that you feel are justified? If someone hurt, injured, or even murdered a family member, how many of us would retaliate with strong violence, in fact, perhaps even kill. How many people justify the murder of the other side when it comes to war? How many people listening to this justify the murder of terrorists? How many people justify the murder of rapists and murderers like Ted Bundy? What are your reasons for justifying when another person should be put to death? And what makes your reasons better or more truthful than, say, someone else's? What if someone says, no, I don't think Ted Bundy should have been executed. I mean, that's kind of hypocritical. The murder of a murderer. You shouldn't murder or else we'll murder you, right? But again, it seems like a lot of people agree with that. So, you know, morality and and, and applying the term moral or immoral is a, it's a very difficult idea to kind of justify. Would you commit murder under certain circumstances? I think people might. You know, unless you're unless you're a staunch absolutist, who would say, you know, I would never murder, kill anybody under any circumstance. Some people would claim that. So perhaps an absolutist morality is the answer to a subjective viewpoint, saying whatever we have as rules, we never break them. They're always right and they never change. Right? What is right today was right yesterday and will be right tomorrow. But again, how do we verify those rules to be? I mean, our morality changes. Our laws change, right? Slavery at some point was legal and for some it was moral. Nowadays, it's illegal and considered 
very immoral, right? So does our morality change? Our rules and laws definitely do, but does our morality change? And should something as sacred as morality and ethics, something that is you know right and wrong, and it's bigger than us, and it's it's almost supernatural, and there's a good force and a bad force, if that changes how, one, if that changes, then how strong is it really? And two, if it's up to humans to define our morality, is it a real thing? Is it just something we made up to kind of keep ourselves from quote unquote killing each other? Is it something we made up to stop ourselves from hurting each other and killing each other? Again, it seems like we have more questions than answers here, but that's where your ethical investigation begins. Right? You can follow theories that are subjective, theories that are objective, theories that are absolutist. You know, there's diff all different kinds of theories. And this is just kind of a, an intro conversation into ethical theory. Right? Again, is morality relative to where you were brought up? Is it relative to each person? Or is it objective? Is there morality that applies to all types of people all over the world? Is it absolutist? It should never, ever change. Or perhaps you side with the nihilists. There is no morality. We made it up. Just made it up. It's not a real thing, guys. We made it up so we won't, you know, kill each other because, you know, we're animals and, and whatnot. We're still, I mean, we're, we are. I mean, we're still as violent as ever. Right? And now we have more sophisticated weapons. I mean, think about the trillions of dollars that are invested worldwide into weapons of war. From the F-35, you know, fighter jet to bombs, nuclear subs. I mean, these aren't these aren't weapons of peace here. Right? And this is for destruction. This is for, for killing. But again, it's justified. Pretty crazy times we're living in, people. Yeah. You know, humans are still animals. I mean, we will send people to the moon, send people to Mars eventually. We'll come up with the internet and computers and technology and smartphones and Google. And we have all these amazing technologies and resources and we're still fighting each other. Again, not to play the cynical route here. It's just I think there's a reason why we maintain our animalistic, competitive, violent ways. It's because we haven't progressed. It might be because we haven't progressed as rational beings. This will be my motto my mantra for these shows is that perhaps we just need to think a little bit. So before you go out and murder and kill and find out reasons and just, and I do believe that people justify anything they want, including murder. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you've come up with reasons to do whatever you want and be like, oh, yeah, I feel good about it. I'm going to do it. I'm sure people will justify anything. But again, use your rationality for good. Use your mind for peace, for love. Right. Sounds sounds crazy in this world. There is enough violence and war out there. Some say, yeah, it's necessary. But you know what? Life is short already. Why invest trillions of dollars into making it shorter for someone else? And that's the show today. All right, everybody, thank you for sticking around. Thank you for listening to this new episode. Again, I ask you, please, to take a little bit of your time and go on to iTunes and review the show. Right, give me some stars. Right? Give me some stars, man. That's what I want. Right? The reviews help uh, spread the message about this podcast. Again, I'm not asking for monetary donations. I'm just asking for a little bit of time and perhaps also spread the word. Tell your friends. And I know it's not entertainment as far as what you're used to on TV. I know it's a little bit more highbrow than, say, I don't know, the Kardashians or something. I don't know. But it's interesting because, you know, I think humans naturally want to think about these things. And, and hopefully um, I help you do that. ModernMayhemShow.com. Please support the page, the show, review, spread the word, and I'll keep doing these shows. And hopefully, we can uh, think about our place here in the world together. All right, guys, have a good one. See you guys. Bye.